Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways. I do some other stuff. But most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level, stay tuned for that post, and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. I saw this one come up in my feed by Mary Spender, who I've never actually watched one of her videos, to be honest. But I see her come up in my feed all the time, and uh, people tell me her videos are great. So I thought we would watch this. It's called Why New Music Sucks. I have no idea where she is going to head with this, but people say she's great. So let's check it out. Mary Spender tells us why new music sucks. I want to start this video with four brief definitions. Nostalgia, a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. Juvenoia, a term coined by David Finkelhor in 2010 for the fear or hostility directed by an older generation toward a younger one. Okay, Juvenoia is the fear or hostility directed by an older generation towards a younger generation. All right, aka the way all the rock boomers act about any band that formed after fucking 2002. (laughs) Toward youth culture in general. Smorgasbord, originally a Swedish word to describe a table of various sandwiches, but in a broader sense, it's used to describe an abundance of something. I love sandwiches. A wide variety. And finally, Generation Z, generally defined as- Wait a minute, wait a minute. This girl sounds like Nolly from Periphery. Isn't she supposed to say Generation Z? I feel deceived. I was expecting Generation Z. I myself was born in 1940, so I fondly remember when my buddies and me, we gathered round the old record player and listened to the very first Big Bopper album. Boy, oh boy, it was swell. This is what rock boomers sound like when they talk about buying the White Zombie CD in 1992 and how you kids on TikTok, all this new music sucks. I'm guessing that's where she's going with this. There's been no good music ever since. 
Just kidding. I was born in 1990, so I'm not Gen Z. I'm a millennial. I'm Gen Z. Come on, Mary. It's Gen Z. Experience that feeling of going to HMV, buying singles on. And wait a minute. She better have said HMV. Old enough to have lived pre-internet to have experienced that feeling of going to HMV. Yeah. She is a fake British person. She didn't say Generation Z and she didn't say HMV. This is an act. She's probably from Minnesota or Ohio. She's an imposter. Fake British person. I see right through you, Mary. You're not fooling me. Buying singles on cassette tape, then escalating to buying an album on CD every month, obsessively reading The Enemy and Kerrang! for new music recommendations. Okay. I remember the mystique of before time when I didn't even necessarily know what a band looked like. Yes, I remember that too. There were so many bands that I listened to for years without ever seeing a single picture of them. Like the Dead Milkmen, for example. I had like several Dead Milkman albums and I listened to them for years without ever having any clue what they looked like. You know, there's something to be said for that. I think in general, it's better to have access to more information than not. Um, but there was something to be said for like the mystery of not knowing anything about a band other than like, you know, their lyrics and music. It was kind of cool. The only images of them you might see were the press shots that appeared in music magazines. And yes, Things today are very different, radically different. Yep. New music has always represented modernity. Ragtime, jazz, and rock and roll all represented a break with the conventions of the past and a drive towards something new and different. And each yep. was pretty much universally hated by the parents of the kids who loved it. Exactly. This is a great point. Again, I've, I've been around, I've been listening to this shit for a long time. I started listening to like metal and hardcore in 1990 after I heard Suicidal Tendencies on MTV. And I've seen this play out again and again and again, every single time, whatever, whatever is popular with teenagers, the people in their twenties and thirties say that it's terrible and awful. And, uh, it's not as good as the stuff I liked when I was your age. Music is terrible now, blah, 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 blah. And then they repeat that same. And the, the part that's frustrating is that they never learn that lesson. For example, when I was listening to whatever, like green day in the early nineties, and uh, all the old punk rockers are telling me I should listen to like, you know, X-ray specs and television. And I was like, uh, that, sh that stuff sounds dated and bad to me. I'm not into that. I remembered that. And I said, I will never be that person telling the kids not to like what they like. Um, but it seems like people never remember this. They don't remember when the boomers told them that their music was crap because without fail, they become the boomers. Turn it down. The beauty of music and its history is that each new revolution doesn't need to wipe the slate of what's come before it clean. It doesn't need to undo it and replace it. They exist together in perpetuity, waiting to be discovered and rediscovered. Yeah, when something new comes along, that doesn't like remove the old music from existing, right? So like the fact that some new artist is popular doesn't invalidate, it doesn't take away all those albums that you liked. Grunge might have been so potent that it spelled the end of the hair metal era. It did. But that music still exists, waiting for you. Older generations, however, have a recurring habit throughout history of saying things exactly. better in their Just day. like I was saying. I.e. nostalgia. It's human nature. And every generation has thought its successes are losing their way. Oh, yes. Same story, except a walking camo cargo short meme of a death metal fan was yelling at me that Black Dahlia murder was fake and gay. That's such a great example because these days, 
everybody regards them as like one of the best death metal bands of all time. And like everyone worships them as they should. Black Dahlia Murder is a great band. But when they came out, they were seen as fake and gay. I'm not calling them gay. I'm saying that's what people said. They were seen as like a fake metal, like deathcore scene kid band because they had like a neon purple logo on one of their shirts. And now they've been retconned as like a credible death metal band. Perfect example. Which also leads me to Juvenoia. In his book, Electric Shock, the writer Peter Doggett quotes from the Daily Mirror, a newspaper from 1926. The 79-year-old mm. music professor listened for a few minutes to a jazz band playing <laughs> at a furious pace and turned to his nephew declaring, that isn't music, stop it. Then he swayed and fell dead. And now they're doing the same thing, but it's MGK instead of ragtime jazz. Yes, there's lots of bad music in the charts, but guess what? There always has been. Yes, older generations felt they had a special connection with a record because of their relative scarcity. But what else was there to do? Dude, I think about this all the time. Like when I was in high school, which was the 90s and... Mind you, this was the 90s. We still had like video games and stuff, but like you would like sit in your room and like read a magazine or maybe like talk on the phone with one of your friends, but you couldn't even really do that all that much because your parents would get mad because they wanted to use the phone. So that's part of why you would like listen to the same album like 10 times in a row because you didn't have anything else to do. So now I don't blame kids for you know, we criticize them for only listening to two seconds of a song before they swipe to the next thing on TikTok. I would have done the same thing. If I had TikTok back then, I would too. We just didn't have better options. We rode bikes all day. Yes, that's right. My mom, me and Bobby are going to go ride bikes. We'll be back in six hours. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, 
You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. And also, I want to thank Rockabilia for sponsoring this episode. If you're into merch, and if you're listening to this, then I know you probably are, then you definitely need to check out Rockabilia because they have more band merch than anybody else on the planet, over 500,000 items. Rockabilia has everything from the usual stuff like hoodies, t-shirts, and tank tops, to other stuff, accessories like belts, watches, footwear, all kinds of stuff for both men and women, which is pretty cool because my wife is always complaining about how hard it is to find good merch. They even have a children's section and they have a home decor section. So if you want to get an Opeth pint glass or a Dark Throne skateboard, they have got you covered. Rockabilia also has a lot of really cool posters and flags, which as a fan of visual arts is something that I really appreciate, and some unique items like backstage passes and tab books. I mean, you could spend all day looking through this stuff, and I would have killed to have something like this when I was a kid, so I am glad that this exists. So if you want to check out Rockabilia and get some new merch, all you need to do is go to rockabilia.com or hit the link in the show notes of this episode and make sure to use the discount code PRMBA, that is like Punk Rock MBA, to get 15% off your order. And thanks again to Rockabilia for sponsoring this episode. Potato head people look different every time you make them. Just push the flying head back and you're ready for round three. Boy, this is the greatest! We are indeed faced with a proliferation of new forms Man, of entertainment. If you uh, stayed home sick from school, uh, it was actually it sucked because the only things that were on TV was like horrible, like daytime talk shows and like soap operas and like reruns of crappy game shows from the 80s. Like, yeah, the price is right. Exactly. <laughs> price is right in Twilight Zone. Yes, it was terrible. Donahue. So it's like. I don't even want to stay home sick from school because it sucks. There's nothing to do. I'd rather go to school than be sick. Yes, that has had an impact on attention spans. <laughs> there isn't a way to go back. We are living in new and unusual times. It's not the case anymore that a single record is the soundtrack to my life. It's that yep. my life has a soundtrack, a constant yep. one. I can and do listen to music every moment. And the accessibility and variety that's become available to me over the last 10 years is it's unparalleled great. in any previous time in history. I'm not saying that we haven't lost a special something, a magic and connection to music that Rarity brought. There's unlikely... Yeah, she said um, something about like the connection with music that Rarity brought. That's true. There was a lot of stuff that I bought back then that I would listen to 10 times or 20 times and like read every lyric on the lyric sheet and read all the thank you notes and all that stuff because I only had, you know, 20 CDs or something. Um, and I would never do that now because I have options. 
like just go to the next thing on the playlist. So I do think it's fair to say that our relationship with music now in a lot of ways is more shallow than it used to be in a lot of ways. To ever be another band like the Beatles that capture the zeitgeist of the world in quite the same way. Modern genres like drum and bass or grime, while extremely popular, didn't have that same seismic societal effect that rock and roll did because of just how much other noise there is. Yeah, and music okay. is more disposable now, that's true. I'm willing to accept because what about all the tracks you might have heard once and never found again? Or the tracks you never heard in the first place? Or the genres you never explored? Yep. We're in a post-album world, the age of the song. Forget about the old cycles of recording an album, followed by two years of punishing, dehumanizing touring. The old power of the music industry was in its ability to control the physical distribution of music. Yep. You could only buy so many each month and only hear- Yeah, so remember, for, for all the people complaining about how streaming devalues music, do you want to go back to the time? Remember how much a CD cost in like 2003 or something? They were like fucking $17. You want to go back to paying $17 for a CD that might suck? I sure fucking don't. So many records. Who could afford to be a crate digger? My old ways of listening were narrow and closed-minded. Now so expensive. I have multiplicity of options. Or in other words, a smorgasbord. You don't just need to choose one sandwich. You have many, many That's delicious right. options in front of you. And, and by the way, if you have such a short attention span that the way you listen to music is you only listen to a 10 seconds of a song and then you skip to the next one on the playlist, that's your fault. That's not TikTok's fault. That's not Spotify's fault. That is your fault. Nobody is forcing you to press that next button, right? So you can't blame TikTok for you know the fact that you consume music like a fucking distracted gnat. That's your fault. You can try them all. Isn't that amazing? Gen Z artists can mix and match their favorite genres and influences into new and innovative ways. And it's truly democratic too. The old system was exploitative and broken and gave power to a tiny few. Yep, and now something is new is emerging and still in the process of doing so. There will be a course correction. Yep. It's a very exciting time. The metrics have changed. Sales alone don't reflect what's popular. The media machinery of olden days is just being slow to adjust. But we still have a hunger for music. Touring is up. Music licensing is up. Video game soundtracks have developed in sophistication yep. and artistry to become stunning works of art in their own. Yeah, I mean, the Doom Eternal soundtrack is a great example of that by Mick Gordon, of course. And like how many people that game was super popular. I don't know how many millions of copies it sold, but Doom Eternal as a video game was more popular than any metal album of that year. I'm sure of it. Like that game sold more copies than any metal album probably has in 20 years or something like that. And how many people got into metal from hearing the songs on that video game and are like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, what is this? What other, like, what other music sounds like this? And that's how they got into, you know, fucking Gent and Metalcore and whatever else, right? I think she's right that like, the overall quality of music is so much better now. It used to be that music in TV, in video games and stuff usually was crap. Um, and now, like, that's how people discover a lot of great music. Metal Gear Solid, Halo, The Last of Us, Final Fantasy, The Grand Theft Auto soundtracks, Tony exactly. Hawk's Skater, Red Dead Redemption. All have great music. combinations of oral and visual art. A Guardian article published in September 2022 praised the role games play in helping people discover new music, stating that video games' influence over mm. music discovery is only growing. Between 25 and 30% of people now encounter new music through games, and the proportion is higher among Gen Z. 
No, Mary. God damn it. It's Gen Z. This is how I know you're a fake British person. Next thing I know, you're going to offer me a bottle of water instead of a bottle of water. You're a fraud, Mary. I see right through you. Video game soundtracks are some of the most streamed albums on Spotify and have experienced their own vinyl boom. The article quotes Steve Schnur, head of music for EA, about the influence that the soundtrack holds over the music industry. We knew that video games could become what MTV mm -hmm. and commercial radio had once been in the 80s and 90s. Any given song in FIFA, whether it's a new track by an established act or the debut of an unknown artist, will be heard around the world nearly one billion times. A billion times. Think about that. Like, it shouldn't be news to anybody that video games are now probably the most popular form of entertainment overall, right? Like in terms of dollars and in terms of especially the, the amount of time people spend on them. So having your song in a game is probably now the biggest break that you could possibly have as an artist. Like with these games like FIFA or Madden or Call of Duty or whatever, people play them again or Fortnite, whatever. They play them again and again and again and again and again and again, just like we did with Tony Hawk. But now it's even bigger than it was then. Um, so I, I, I'm glad that she's pointing out the role of games. Clearly no medium in the history of recorded music can deliver such massive and instantaneous global exposure. Technological change is happening so fast and being so disruptive that only fools would make confident predictions about the future of the music industry. Right now, only about 50% of the world is connected to the internet. Just imagine in the next 50%. decade when the entire world is connected thanks to 5G. That yep. will inevitably lead to greater demand and consumption of content. That bodes well for all creators. I'm actually excited for that. Like, it's going to happen. There's people, there's going to be people from like Indonesia, India, you know, whatever, like Senegal. There's going to be people from these places that now are sort of not exporting pop culture to the West. It's going to happen. And I think that's going to be really cool. Including musicians. You no longer have to be in one particular place like Greenwich Village or Laurel County. God, Asmund Gold had 176,000 viewers on Monday. Jesus. The income they deserve from their art. There's going to be competition from other mediums, sure. But competition is a good thing. Artists are creative people who will work out new ways of speaking to people. In my very humble opinion, it's also bizarre to see this animosity towards a younger generation happen in real time. It's sad to see. It's sad to see, like, adults yelling at teenagers. Like, do you, do you not realize how cringy it is? To be a fucking adult in your 30s or 40s, berating teenagers based on the music they listen to. <laughs> like, do people not look in the mirror and realize this? It's just over a decade ago, I was being told that my music taste and listening habits sucked. However, now as I keep broadening my own horizons, I'm excited to take some responsibility in educating all ages and genres and artists they wouldn't usually be exposed to, as my audience ranges from teenagers to 65 and older. And Gen Z... They're knowledgeable, self-aware, socially oh. conscious, and have instant access to all the information in the world. They're making some of the most formally inventive and experimental music of any generation. I agree. And they don't need anyone's permission to do so. Well, since Mary's not going to say it, I will. I think Gen Z makes some of the coolest music because they don't give a fuck about any of the rules or, you know, genre. or Like, they just don't think that way. Uh, to them... The creative boundaries are like there are no creative boundaries. They literally just do whatever the fuck they want. And I think that's awesome. So shout out to Gen Z. And they're just getting started. Most are only working on their first record. 
we haven't yet had the Gen Z Sergeant Pepper equivalent. This is a generation who what, what are you talking about? She said we haven't heard the Gen Z Sergeant Pepper's equivalent. You must not know the song Never Meant uh, by CM10, where he says, we broke up on PictoChat crying on my DS. <laughs> There it is. That's the Gen Z Sergeant Peppers right there. Use themselves by being highly creative. There is an artistry to games like Minecraft. New computer tools are going to make creating music. There we go. Speaking of Nolly from Periphery. Shout out to GGD. Going to make creating music simpler and more democratic. And that can only be a good thing. So let's give it a few years. I guarantee you something seismic is coming. Thank you for watching this video. Thank you. To the end, your attention is much appreciated. Okay, well, good video. I figured this was clickbait, uh, you know, because women are generally not angry boomer gatekeepers. So I figured this video was clickbait. Turns out it was indeed clickbait. I couldn't agree more with everything that she said. The difference between her and me is that she is much more likable than I am. Uh, so <laughs> I think I have made a lot of the same kind of points, only she made them in a much more gentle, friendly, likable way than I did. So, um, Mary, I'm going to try to take a few pages from your book and uh, try to be a little bit more likable and a little bit less of a butthole. So uh, shout out to Mary Spender. Give her channel a, uh, a sub if you haven't and check out her video, Why New Music Sucks. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.